We have to go back! Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And drum roll, please. <laughs> you get the <laughs> one. <laughs> Just right out the gate. <laughs> we are reviewing the 2002 movie Drumline. Drumline is a movie that came out in 2002 starring Nick Cannon. According to IMDb, the synopsis for Drumline is a band director recruits a Harlem Street drummer to play at a Southern University. So you have coming of age, you have fish out of water, and you also have just the immersive world of drum um, lining or like drum competitions and big band competitions. I mean, yeah. it. I mean, this this is a lot. And I, I originally I was like, wait a second, this is basically what they did with Sister Act. But really, <laughs> if anything. Uh, Drumline was really a uh, a predecessor to Pitch Perfect, and mm. I will point to those similarities much later. But before that, let's go ahead and get into the history of making of this movie. So uh, Nick Cannon's character is based off of the producer of the film, Dallas Austin, someone who just oh. really doubled down. That's wow. his name. Man, I haven't uh, heard a name like that since I met Houston San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that joke was uh, half formed when I started speaking. <laughs> this is my friend Galveston Galveston. <laughs> uh, and so um, Austin was heavily involved in making the film. He served as executive producer, and he was also the man behind the soundtrack, which is just so amazing. Uh, and the screenplay was written by two women, uh, one of which has made an appearance here on the podcast before. Uh, so the story and concept was written by Sean Sheps. And screenplay by Tina Gorton Chisholm. Sheps was a former child actress who decided to start writing stories about people in time periods that are often neglected in media. She is known for writing the screenplay for Pauly Shore's son-in-law. Oh, wow. Right? It came Can you believe back. that? Yeah. I mean, I cannot even believe that. You know, uh, I yeah, I kind of see how Drumline is like <laughs> son-in-law. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, the rhythms, the the percussions. That's, that's really going to beef out the portfolio. You got <laughs> oh, yeah. End to end right there. Yeah. And, uh, and Sheps was in marching band and originally wrote the story about a kid who plays in the band in the Midwest. And director Charles Stone III originally wasn't that interested in the Midwest concept, um, but, I mean, he has experience with music in general. He uh, is a very prominent music video uh, director and is known for coming up with the concept and starred in the notorious Waza Budweiser commercial. Oh, wow. Right? We're just, uh, wow, this is a flashback this week. This is so yeah. many things. We finally delivered on the name. <laughs> Just going into the making of this movie, just so so many flashback elements. Uh, but in an interview, uh, Stone said, I never thought I want to make a movie about drummers, to be honest. And when it first was presented to me, the protagonist went to a school in the Midwest and it didn't have an impact I wanted. But when it was at a black college down south with the traditional show style drumming, that caught my eye. And then also witnessing it in person, it moved me. 
They have this really intense sense of athleticism, choreography, and rhythms. It's also dynamic. It rang like a sports movie because the characters are like superheroes to me, like warriors, athletes, gymnasts, and musicians all wrapped up into one. I wanted to get that kind of power on screen, that discipline, that allegiance to the teamwork, and I think the story of an underdog appeals to everyone, despite the cultural specificity. And... I mean, that is so true. Like, this this g- gave me so many, like, sports movie feels. Um, and it, it was so, I mean, it was so fascinating. I mean, even down to the um, actors. Like, Nick Cannon goes on to brag about how he, it's really him drumming. He went into um, months of training and uh, drumming with uh, his drummer stunt double, Um to like he's like I was that's actually me playing there's a quote of him saying that uh the scars he developed from his hands uh from sleeping with drumsticks in his palms like are still present like several years later uh and the movie uh proved to be a box office hit oh he did it <laughs> Uh, with a budget of $20 million, the film ended up grossing more than double that, bringing in over $56 million uh, worldwide. And really was a uh, a big breakout role for several people. Uh, we have Zoe Saldana, who is a classically trained dancer, um, who then went to go into the world of acting. She doesn't do a lot of dancing now in you know, a lot of her roles because she wanted to just strictly be a actor but she just found herself in more <laughs> dancing roles what we found from this was not only did she kind of you know phase out of the dancing but she phased out of the umlaut because she's credited as zoe with an umlaut over the e you're right so ah. big changes big changes big huge <laughs> changes uh it was also a breakout role for orlando jones uh, who was predominantly mm. a comedic actor and, uh, and the director talks about how he really worked with him to, like, tone down a little bit uh, on anytime he was making jokes to be serious about the jokes because people expected Orlando Jones to make jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was really a breakout role for him. And uh, basically, like, doing Denzel Washington level, like, serious coaching uh, in this movie. And I was just so impressed with him. You know who I really loved in this movie? Yeah. Leonard Roberts. Oh, yeah. Leonard Roberts as Sean Taylor. <sighs> he, what a way to walk between like being the antagonist, mm-hmm. but also like someone that you care about. Oh, and man. You and I have loved Leonard Roberts ever since uh, Heroes. Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Playing DL. And because I've always heard how good he is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's an amazing cast. Mm-hmm. Even some of the deeper cast. Oh, yeah. Um, but Jason Weaver, who played Ernest mm-hmm. uh, in, in the fraternity. I know. Uh, Jason smart Weaver. Guy. Smart guy. Absolutely. It's, like, it's Marcus. Yeah. Uh, and so grew up, grew up watching him and always thought he was hilarious. Also, fun fact you also know his voice because he was a singing voice for Simba in The Lion King. Oh, Little Simba, right? He yeah, Little Simba. Itty bitty, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Earl Portier, uh, who he's credited as Earl C. Portier in, mm-hmm. in this from Remember the Titans. Um, similarly to Zoe Saldana, phased uh, the C out of his name. Yeah. Um, so, you know, big changes. Big, big changes. changes. And- big changes. <laughs> Last uh, kind of 
notable mention for the cast is J. Anthony Brown, who I grew up listening to on the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Uh, mm. He he's primarily a radio personality, and so seeing him in this film was just like like I knew him. Uh, like he was just like as much of a celebrity as like everyone else. I'm just like that's J. Anthony Brown. Uh, and he's he, he was really great in this movie. Uh, so this movie was such a big part of my childhood. And yes, you ha- you're like it, it goes beyond this collection, but is definitely in the YMCA Criterion collection. Oh, good. It's in there so much so that like I know I saw this movie in theaters, but I have way more memories of us watching this movie at the YMCA. We like I had a friend. Uh, and, and this was her nickname. Her nickname was Yoshi. Because she ate a lot of eggs. <laughs> she owned a pair of drumsticks because of this movie. Uh, <laughs> she didn't play the drums. She, she didn't play just the, had drum. the drumsticks. She, wow. and, we, and we we all sat on these, a bunch of like used couches uh, around the, set around the TV. And she would just drum on the couch just constantly. And we would take this um, annual road trip up to... Um, uh, another like YMCA conference in I want to say Colorado, and she would just drum. We, we we started drumming on the back of the seats, but we realized the seats were so old that every time she hit the seats, just a big puff of dust would just come out of the. Seat. She's like the other team with the <laughs> yes, with the powder, exactly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I also want to say like a friend of mine, Brandon, that at the time had one. I mean, this movie was just, it was a movement, okay? Like, Drumline made, like, being a band kid so cool, and I wanted so badly, like, to play drums. Like, I... People go nuts over this movie. I mean, I I brought it up to my wife, and she was like, oh, my goodness, Drumline. And I remember when it came out, people around me were like, I love Drumline. And it really did put the bass in fan base. (laughs) It, I mean, it, it did. I remember listening to this soundtrack so often. And it, I remember, and I'm, I feel like this is just going to be the, the oldest sentence I could say as a millennial. I remember going on MySpace and downloading MP3s and putting it on my portable MP3 player. No, not an iPod. No, not a Zoom because it wasn't out yet. I had a portable little red MP3 player that held like maybe 50 songs. And so much of the music was just drumline marching music because of this movie. I loved Mm. it. Well, when I was a kid, I played stick and hoop. So I think it's all relative. (laughs) As a centennial. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The main thing I remember from the movie was being inspired by Nick Cannon and his whole like he just picks up the music. He's like, "Yeah, that's me." Because I, so I was in band in middle school, um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll be in band in high school." And I remember the audition. They said, "Yeah, if you can play this, you can audition." And I saw the sheet music, and it was just like Nick Cannon looking at the sheet music. I'm like, "Nope, can't do this. Guess I'm not going to be in band." And that is the ending of my band playing career because uh, sheet music is very difficult to read. For me, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's just like like anything where eventually you become, uh, it's like the Matrix and you can yeah. see through it. I felt like that, that twist of him not being able to read the music 
was incredible because he's so good at what he does. He has to have this kind of like flaw to him other than, I mean, his arrogance as well for most of it. Um, but this technical flaw I thought was really interesting and they really teed it up. Leonard Roberts sees it along the way of like, he didn't look down at the music at all and all the clues are there. Yeah, the first um, rule, yeah. the first rule of drum line. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to be, be able to read music. I'm like, this, this feels like the first time I'm hearing that. I'm like, yeah. I know it's coming up. So yeah, for sure. They definitely yeah, tee it like up the well. The first rule of drum line is you don't talk about drum line. No, that's a ridiculous rule. We need <laughs> seats filled at the games tell everyone about drumline this isn't a dance recital one of my favorite scenes in this movie was uh the moment where leonard roberts is feeling the pulse of uh jason i think it was jason weaver he's feeling his pulse and as the pulse rises leonard roberts brings the tempo up of everyone and that that was so cool and then he just matches it with an equally awesome line of we are the pulse and without a pulse you're dead and that's so true of the band. Oh. And I, I think just the the strength of this movie is the way that they're able to really capture the culture, that band yes. culture, specifically the drumline culture, and elevate it, elevate the stakes to add that dramatic tension. And oh, yeah. I, I was here for it all along the way. And the stick fight. <laughs> and, the <laughs> and, the, and the stick fight. The stick fight. I, yeah, one, one of the other things I kind of noticed this time around from watching this movie um, was... Just the appreciation, like, I I feel like this movie was, like, our generation's Rocky, um, mm-hmm. like, to some degree. Like it That's was, nuts. I wrote that in my notes. No way! I, I said, this really could have been a Rocky-style series. Right, it, it could have. They, they could have just kept on competing, kept on going through, because mm-hmm. um, I think one of the main reasons why this movie isn't, like, Bring It On... Um, or even Sister Act, just because like there is that common theme of um, a competition sport with rival teams. Um, yeah. Even people said like, "Oh, Pitch Perfect is just um, you know bring it on," but with acapella groups. But no, Drumline. The main difference between Drumline and um, even Sister Act or uh, Bring It On is that these guys are the underdogs. Um, yeah. I feel like Pitch Perfect matches pitch um with drumline because they're both movies about underdog um campus groups um who are failing to adapt to newer music styles and then Mm -hmm. ultimately it's the bridging of the two music styles old school and new school that ultimately makes them more unique um and so i was really able to appreciate how like we're watching an underdog story happen i think uh, that's what the director you know really liked about the movies because like they aren't the best but they're still really good and mm. they need to be able to compete with other people and i'm just like so excited about these people playing drums <laughs> like yeah. i i'm I, I i don't i cannot play any musical instrument but i i was so invested in their success i'm like i hope they win i hope I, I I'm actually rooting for this. Is this what people watching sports feel like? Because I'm I get it now. <laughs> That's what this field is for. <laughs> I completely agree, and I think their intensity is contagious. How much they want it makes us want that for him. Because it bothered me so much every time they would play the other person's drum in those like oh. head to heads. I'm oh, like, oh man. It's like I don't know anything about 
what is happening here, but I know that's not okay. Uh, I think like, someone's honor just got besmirched. Drinking everyone's milkshake. <laughs> and it is and it really was bothersome at a very deep level. Oh yeah. Uh, but if drumline whiplash and that thing you do have taught me anything, is that drummers take themselves very seriously. <laughs> and I would say rightfully so. Yeah. And yeah, I just I, I love this movie. It, I wasn't in college when this movie came out. Um, but it, I was still able to like connect to these different characters and just what they were doing and wanting, uh, for themselves. Uh, and so I, I just really, really love this movie. And I have to say by far the gym in this movie is head cannon. Ricky, I think you mean Nick cannon. I did mean Nick cannon. Nick cannon. (laughs) Nick Cannon is a part of the show. We share a few unique ideas and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, I have so um, little uh, head cannon. <laughs> All right. My only thing is that the uh, the drumline competitions just have like a, a dark, seedy underbelly. Uh, oh. Where like I, I basically just imagine that in the same world they are having uh, rumbles. Um, and, and dark alleys just with mm-hmm. different drum lines. Like, oh, you want to go? You want to go? And they're just having yeah. drum battles. for That's good. That movie would be called Snared. <laughs> it absolutely would be. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't even sold on my own headcanon until you mentioned that <laughs> title. Now I'm in. Because if this is so prominent, I'm just like, okay, great, so... What's the underground version of this? Which is how I watch most movies. Everything has an underground. My headcanon really revolved around a character that didn't get a ton of screen time, um, but it was Earl Portier's character... Uh, of Charles, who he's the he's the tuba player, does all the all the cooking. His character to me makes this makes Drumline a sequel to Remember the Titans, where he went by Blue in there, which sounds like a nickname. Sure, oh. maybe his name is is Blue, but if it was a nickname and his real name is Charles, then we got to see him in high school. But then he decided to give up football and join the halftime show as a tuba player. Wow. Remember, the Titans takes place in like the 60s. Oh, well, that's something <laughs> I forgot about. So I, I, I think it's... There's he was all- in high school a long time. <laughs> it's a very young face. Um, but no, I, I, like, I still like connecting mm, those mm. two worlds, but it, maybe it's his son. It, that, that's what it is. Then it's his son. You know, I for, yeah, I really did. How did I forget that Remember the Titans... Wasn't present day. Yeah, so thank you. I think you fixed my headcanon. Yeah, 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 it's his son. It's his son. So I had a backup headcanon too, and that is that Baby Groot uh, dances to I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy hey. because he saw Gamora do it first. I love it. Oh, that is so good. All right, now we're going to... Sorry, that I only know that one thing. Uh, now we're going to... Move right along to our next section where we like to talk about recast and remakes. Recast, remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Hear me out, Grayson. Oh, I'm, I'm hearing. I would love for them to basically make a spiritual successor to this, which is mm-hmm. I want them to do a an orchestra-based movie about like big band orchestras. Like, I'm talking about, like, John Williams level. Like, John Williams has a new orchestra that he's looking for, Uh and they have to compete 
against each other to see who can make like a bigger, you know, orchestral arrangement. Um, and we call it Duel of Fates. And <laughs> and I just want to see just the same intensity, mm-hmm. um, but just for a different uh, symphony. Uh, yeah. Double-sided drumstick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Duel of Fates, colon, first chair. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. For the recasting, uh, I was getting... I I feel like the age difference is problematic, but I was getting some serious Michael B. Jordan vibes. Oh, for sure. For Devin, I think he would do a great job. Um, Because then you would also have... Uh, Michael B. Jordan playing a drummer, and then Whiplash, you have Miles Teller playing a drummer, and then they can be the fantastic 4 4 time signature. <laughs> if you don't go that way, though, I feel like you could just use Will Smith and use the Gemini Man technology. Oh, yeah. 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 But you, just, to, just to see. Just to see. Listen, let's, someone with, you know, the free deepfake app, just, <laughs> um, just put Michael B. Jordan in drumline. And that would be uh, really fun to see. (laughs) But I would actually love to, for any kind of uh, sequel or remake or whatever, keep Leonard Roberts just like what he did in the sequel. Uh, Because he comes back this time as Dr. Sean Taylor for for the VH1 sequel, um, where he's the the band leader at that point. Um, kind of taking over the role from Orlando Jones. So, I, I mean, I'd love to see that. I think that makes all the sense in the world because I don't get the feeling that Devin's going to stay at the school. You know, like he's going to go on, but Sean Taylor would be the one right. that, you know, becomes faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a remake of this movie, I would, for Orlando Jones's character, I would love to see Sterling K. Brown. Um, oh, I yeah. think he would have that intensity God, and so good. Uh, I mean, Sterling K. Brown looks good in a turtleneck too, even an animated turtleneck, like in frozen two. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be a good, a good, uh, recast there. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm mostly going to pull from blackish, but I think Yara Shahidi, um, mm-hmm. would do really well. Cause she's already in, um, grownish and she's in that college age, which is kind of similar to what the sequel did anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And really, yeah. the new beat kind of did like the storyline of like it's that same world because they they just did a really good job at establishing those characters in those worlds. It's hard to just start with a blank slate. Remake wise, I would love to see because uh, there's so much drama here. So mm-hmm. I'd love to see like an interconnected school event universe. Yeah, where it's like football movies and a cheerleader movie and a band movie and a frat movie. And they're all in like the shared world at the same school. And then they have an Avenger style team up. uh, And it's basically the breakfast club. (laughs) That would be so good. (laughs) That'd be fun. Football, a drumline movie. Yeah. The drumline presents. I would also like to maybe follow the story of how Petey Pablo had to enroll as a student to be a valid performer (laughs) at the rival school show. Uh, I'd like to take a look at the rules one more time. Why can't he just come in and perform? Oh, man, that's so great. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 2002 movie Drumline? I recommend Drumline because it is a great concept for a movie, and it's a world that we really don't see a lot about. Um, And similarly, to bring it on and pitch perfect, like you peek behind the curtain a little bit of... 
you know, the, the ins and outs of this, this group. And there's inherent drama to it. And what I think is really unique about Drumline is I, I honestly was pulling for every character. Uh, I wanted them to get what they want. Um, and that's, that's pretty unique. Even the antagonist, the more in, in antagonizing characters uh, like uh, Leonard Roberts' character at the beginning, like you... He's not wrong. Like, I understand why he wants to protect his group and gather there's some uh, there's some Buzz and Woody effect to the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I, it's very real. And so it feels authentic. So you want these characters to succeed as people. And I'd say even the rival school's director, even though he like wanted the inside scoop and stuff like that, I still wanted him to put on an amazing show. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah, I want you to like, I don't want you to win, but I want you to have a great show. And at a certain level, I was like, yeah, like if the Orlando Jones way isn't working, maybe Devin should go to that other school. It sounds like he'd be a lot happier. So I, I really, you know, credit this movie for setting up more ambiguous situations uh, to where it's not clearly just right or wrong. Um, there are real decisions that have to be made. And because of that, it, this is a transformation story. All of the main characters change in some way, and that's a great indicator of a strong story. It's got tons of energy to it, and it's it's got, honestly, a bunch of great quotes, too. And like we mentioned, the pulse as well, but... Lessons like you have to learn to follow before you can lead or love the sound of the line more than the sound of your own drum. Really solid lessons that are just laid out there in in these authentic situations. So I recommend Drumline for all those reasons. And, um, you know, if that doesn't convince you, then this maybe is the only movie uh, with not one, but two learning to read music montages. Um, so stick around Where for else both. Are you going to get that? Where are you going to get that? I, I don't know. Amadeus, it's been a while. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, Drumline, uh, I. I consider it a personal failure that I have not seen this movie earlier in my life. It, it was such a delight. Oh, man. I mean, my reasons to recommend this movie is because it does a very good job showing something that you have no context or connection to and becoming immediately so invested. Like, mm-hmm. also, this movie started off and won me over within the first five minutes because they started playing a drumline version of I Believe I Can Fly from Space Jam. So if you are as easily won over by a movie making a Space Jam reference as I am, then you're going to have a good time. But really, just the music of this whole movie is really good and really interesting. Um, The tone is the same as any other like sports movie. Like the stakes are as real as Remember the Titans or Miracle or Rudy. And it, it it's categorized actually as like a comedy and um coming of age movie. But I, I really think it's a coming of age movie first. Like there are some comedic moments in Drumline, but it is it's almost like an action movie, or I'd mm. say like because the stakes just feel that real so it's really engaging and really just so much fun and if you watched it like back in the day and you've ever heard this in your school cafeteria like 
like people like making beats on their table like things like that like it it that whole vibe and culture just like took me back to high school in those early days of like I remember I was here. I felt like I was like just watching this movie happen on the sidelines. Like, yeah, then what happens? <laughs> uh, so it'll definitely take you back if Drumline has a special beat in your heart. When it comes to marching band movies, Drumline is a symbol. You did it! And that is our review of the 2002 movie Drumline. Let us know what you remember about Drumline on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at flashback flicks and uh it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a rating review on your podcasting platform of choice it is the best way for you to help recommend the podcast to other people and for people to know that uh five stars in a row is a lot like a drum line because mm. you, you can't just have one star it's not about the one drum it's about the line of stars the line of stars <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. It is the second most wonderful time of the year. What we like to do here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast is every February, we like to do sequelary, where we oh. review sequels to movies that we've reviewed here on the podcast, and we're going to kick this year's sequelary into full throttle with a review of Charlie's Angels 2 Full Throttle. It's too good to be true. <laughs>